I am Joe McGuire, along with Duncan McPherson, Victoria Lang, and Mike Adiosi, and our guest, Sam, who I apparently didn't, didn't want to be identified. Uh, How's it going, everyone? His full name. Uh, glad to be back, everybody. Glad that we're all uh, happy and healthy. Victoria and Duncan, I know, uh, both experienced some sort of sickness, uh, mm -hmm. flu-like, which, of course, if, when we're going to talk about that and the fact that it is flu season uh and it's actually been a normal flu season believe it or not uh experts do believe that we have passed the first peak of the coronavirus deaths uh leaders among states now are starting to put out kind of patchwork efforts uh and evolving plans to relax social distancing and the sort of get us back into normal but it really varies state to state city to city county to county the new federal plan to restart the economy, which I know everyone is very concerned about, launched earlier this month. It outlines three stages that sort of stagger uh, at the end of social distancing. It's going to be based on a two-week period of downward trajectory of corona cases. Uh, the plan, of course, largely pred uh, predicated on benchmarks that they have set up, uh, including widespread testing, which, as we know from the governors, uh, is still the major issue, uh, including... Uh, the governor of Maryland, who got into it a little bit with Trump, Republican uh, Governor Hogan, uh, who, again, look, I don't want to get into the blame game, and I'm sure it's going to come up during this show, but it's not my intent. I don't care who's to blame. We're going to discuss, you know, the idea that this maybe was manufactured, and we don't know anything about that, if that's true or not. Uh, it would be all speculation, but we'll certainly get into that. Uh, U.S. case is now over a million, 60,000 deaths. Despite that, the White House is, for the most part, painted a very rosy picture of things. We've seen the president get into it with reporters who are asking what he feels are loaded questions. I'm going to defend Trump's behavior on the show today a little bit. I think the guy was put in a really tough spot. I think... He's done the best that he can, given the situation. Now, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who I'm going to consider an expert, I think some people on this panel may disagree. Uh, he's the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. He's warned states uh, that if they don't have the capability to test people, uh, that they really need to take this slowly uh, as they start to reopen. Uh, a CBS poll released last week found 70% of respondents believe the top priority should be to try to slow the spread of the virus by keeping people home and social distancing, even if that hurts the economy in the short term. Duncan, I'm going to start with you. Um, you seem like you're itching to get out and you're certainly itching to speak. So uh, how are you? Good to see you. And, and, and what are your thoughts currently where we stand on the coronavirus pandemic? Great to see everybody here. Uh, good to be with all you guys again. I know we've been on a little bit of a hiatus. I'm mostly recovered at this point. I had flu B and a mix of something else, possibly Corona on top of it. But, I never, but yeah, I don't care if 70% of people want anything. This is not a democracy. And uh, the, the majority doesn't dictate terms to the minority on how they live their life. It's pretty much what it comes down to. I don't 99% of the people want something. You don't have the right to restrict the rights of the minority of the singular individual unless they've violated somebody else's rights and have thus waived their own. It's the fundamental cornerstone of our entire constitution and justice system. And um, it's horrifying to me to watch 200 plus years of legal precedent just thrown out like it didn't even exist. Michael, I'll, I'll let you jump in on that then. Um, <laughs> I, I know you don't intend to have similar feelings on some things. I'm curious, uh, where, where are you at and, uh, and what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm going to have to concur with what Duncan said, of course, because uh, just because we have a pandemic, and it is a pandemic, I will say that, does not mean that uh, it cancels out our Constitution. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we see all these protests going on, especially in a lot of these states that have some very strict lockdown uh, rules. 
where their people are getting out and protesting that they want to go back to work because uh, you know they don't want government assistance. They want to work for their keep, and that's the that's the backbone of our country. We should be able to get out there, get out there and work. Uh, you know, feed our families, build up our little empires. You know what I'm talking about. And people have a right to go out there and protest. I mean, and they're being shut down. They're being labeled as terrorists and things like that, which I think is wrong. I think if people want to get out there and go to work, they should be able to. They should be within the guidelines as far as what medical experts are saying. You know, I'll, I'll go with this social distancing thing. I mean, we got to be safe. We always got to be safe. But, uh, you know, people want to get back to work. Let them get back to work. So, But if you don't mind me adding something, it's not like I don't want people to social distance and stay home when they can. And, right. Uh, and help protect each other but it's not my right to tell you what to do and reciprocally uh, even though i've stayed home for the most part and have minimized contact and respected other people's distances and um, safety it's not my position to enforce that behavior on anybody freedom comes with a, a you know risk inherent risk and you can't trade it for safety in my opinion Victoria, I don't know if you were able to catch all of what Duncan said. I, I, uh, you froze up for a minute. I was curious, kind of your thoughts on what Duncan had said. Yeah, I cut out for a hot second there. I just, I wanted to ask a question, Duncan. Are you wearing a mask in public, or what are, what are you doing about that? Um, are you masking it up? I, it, it depends. Um, I have generally over the past, you know, since since it became mandatory for the most part, I've decided to respect that people want people to wear masks. So as an individual, I've chosen to do so, typically speaking. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I don't have any problem with people who, problems with people who aren't. Um, I don't claim to uh, possess the authority to uh, tell them to, to do it. Well, see, with me, with wearing the masks, you know, I would do it not because it's something that the governor has ordered. I would do it because I would respect other people's safety as well as my own. Uh, I don't have to be forced to do it. I shouldn't be forced to do it. I should be able to choose to say, okay, if I'm going to go out in public, I'm going to wear a mask because I don't want to get infected and I don't want to infect anyone else. I mean, that's right. And I feel like that's like the most important thing because I do see the validity in not thinking or not believing that it is as contagious as everybody's saying. So I can understand if you don't want to like stay like locked in your house, but like if when you're going out, you are taking the safety of others into consideration because I feel like that's the biggest deal with the mask is mm-hmm. not even keeping yourself from getting sick is just spreading your own germs because all of us could be carriers and just have right. no idea you know right. I feel like that's the biggest thing yep uh, yeah. Sam you're you're new to the show I'd love to hear your yeah. thoughts on uh, uh, what you think of, of pretty much everything we, we are glad to have Hi. Sam yeah, glad to be on here welcome Sam yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, I I definitely concur with that. You know, I don't think it's about me anymore at this point. You know, Mm -hmm. there's uh, so many other people out there, so many different possibilities. Um, You don't know what anyone's been through, so you just never know. So I think for other people's benefit, you know, I will play along because it's not really for me. You know, I feel safe, I feel healthy, and I feel fortunate that I do, you know, and um, you know, I social distance myself, you know, and, and I'm just aware that things are out there, but, you know, um, do I like wearing a mask? No, like, honestly, it's kind of oppressive. I feel like it's, it's, it's honestly like, uh, it's, it's hard to breathe in them, you know, it's hard to talk in them. So, uh, but, uh, I think that, you know, for the sake of everyone else and the fact that it's out there right now, you just never know, I will wear a mask for you, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. fine with stores putting up signs saying you're not allowed in wearing uh, without if you're not wearing a mask because it's private property. Mm-hmm. Like I believe, I believe that you have the right to discriminate, to refuse. We've been anyone. over that. <laughs> Never left, that's, but, uh, that's true. Make the show, but I feel that private companies have the exclusive right to dictate who and how people are allowed in and their property. So I'm if you know if if a store wants me to wear some a mask to enter or shirt and shoes. Or whatever, I'll do it to comply with their their private property rights. But it, I don't feel that the governors or the the cities or any type of um, governments have the authority at all to uh, to regulate this type of thing. And if there is some clause in the in the U.S. Constitution that allows emergency powers to to circumvent the the document itself, then point it out to me because I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> 
listen uh, uh, all fair points i'll i'll be honest i absolutely hate wearing those things i feel like i'm choking i gotta slap the thing around my ear it's uncomfortable i also well i wore a ski mask the first few times i went out and you imagine the looks you get walking into a liquor store in a ski mask that's nice yeah yeah, yeah. Never, uh, never thought i'd see the day where i could walk into a bank wearing a mask in a bandana. i was just gonna say that i was just gonna yeah. say i was telling my son this that you know if you got to go to the bank and you got to wear a mask i mean uh they, they won't think you're robbing it this time around you know exactly any it's other time okay. before any other time before you wear a mask in a bank well they call the cops you know exactly <laughs> look here here's the thing though um and it's it's sad to think, but eventually we are all going to get coronavirus. Uh, a good majority of the population is going to get coronavirus, and we can't. Tests, aren't they saying that a lot more people may have already had it than suspected as well? Yes, and, and it's true. But and ultimately, look, you, you're going to need about seventy percent of the country to have been exposed to it before you get what they call that herd immunity. Um, mm -hmm. Some of us are going to get sick. Uh, a small portion, especially people with pre-existing conditions and the elderly, are going to die. That's going to happen. It's awful. But the longer we lock ourselves up, the, the longer we're just delaying the inevitable. The other thing is, and this is, I think, super important for people to understand, the idea of the quarantine wasn't to, like, wait this thing out. Mm -hmm. You know, make make no illusions. That, you know, they, the, the plan from day one has been put them on lockdown, on, so that we don't want to overwhelm the healthcare system. We we need to be able to get uh, the flatten of the, the flattening of the curve isn't like the all right everybody head out we're good. Uh, mm -hmm. Flattening the curve uh, means now it, it's the hospitals are going to be able to handle it. We passed the actual flu season, which is good news because uh, now if you do get sick, uh, you probably got the coronas, and I think that's important for people to know. But you're probably going to get it. You you may have already been exposed to it. You might uh, be completely asymptomatic to it and already have an immunity to it. But we do have to get the country going again. Georgia was like, hells yeah, they already took care of business like last week. We got to be smart about this. I, I said to you, and, and Duncan, I am going to probably start with you on this. I said to you from the get-go, I when we had to do a shutdown, I'm not going to hold the economy against Trump. It's not fair. I mean, because, listen, any president, any intelligent smart president was going to have to do and take those precautions to shut things down. I can't then be like, well, you blew it. I mean, that was the right move to make. He made it. Um, but we're at the point now where we got to start. We got to start working again. Uh, but we do have to obviously do it safely. Well, I would uh, I would agree that we definitely can't blame uh, any person or institution within the United States for the uh, the virus itself. Uh, however, I believe that the um, it was the wrong decision to enforce any kind of lockdown in the first place. Um, I don't think that 22 plus million unemployed, thousands of small businesses that will be gone forever, um, just the, the insane negative externalities resulting from uh, from the lockdown, I don't think that they are justified or legal or um, or anything really. <laughs> like Sweden didn't lock down at all and um, they've been in really good shape, relatively speaking, um, with the smallest, fewest numbers of deaths in, uh, in Europe. Uh, I think that not only could we learn by their example of how they handled the situation um, in terms of tackling the virus itself, but um, in terms of a philosophical standpoint of maintaining personal liberty. I think that uh, it's the utmost importance to, like we talked about, Michael, you made a great point, respecting people's safety and, uh, and wanting to keep people safe. Um, I've, I'm all for that, but people need to come to that realization on their own and choose to be good people. Uh, you can't make people be good people. Stand with true. If I can, you know, I think the question lies, you know, at what point do we let the government decide for the people? Because if it was up to the people, I mean, would they really get together without that central force kind of uh, a, kind of a boot to the back to push you into the direction to uh, actually stay inside and to quarantine yourselves? You know, would the people be enough? Would our voices just uh, making a Facebook post, would that be enough? 
I don't well, think so. Absolutely not. You know, I'd argue that the only time that you could legally um, have the government dictate for the people would be a after you've passed an amendment to the Constitution to allow that, and then b once the conditions uh, li you know listed under that amendment have been met and confirmed by Congress or in in conjunction with the president and potentially the judicial branch uh, as well. I would want all three bodies confirming that the emergency conditions have been met and that it's necessary to uh, to do this type of thing. That's never going to happen because it's completely against the, the fundamental you know, philosophy of our country. Let me ask you guys all a question. Uh, as the reopening process begins here in Connecticut, we're hearing May 20th uh, is the date where we may start to see some things happen. There's even some talk about maybe getting kids back into school before the year is over, which I don't think would be the worst thing in the world, get the kids a couple of weeks to sort of get back into a routine, give the teachers a chance to what access. What do, though? Finish classes throughout the summer, and it's like, oh, you guys got your summer break early this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, again, look, there, there's a million ways to do things, but I guess here's my question for all of you guys. There's a lot of clamoring for sports to reopen. I'm a huge sports fan. You see, mm. uh, sort of... I'm not going to Yankee Stadium this year. I have zero plans to go and be uh, exposing myself to 49,000. I'm going to continue to keep myself away from anybody uh, I can keep myself away from. I, I don't plan on having, having any additional exposure to people until I feel like uh, they've, they've got a really good hold of things. And I, I just don't feel we're there yet. In terms of sports, it would have to be up to the leagues, NBA, to decide whether or not um, like they have enough teams to continue competing. If teams and their owners deem it's not safe. But that's fine. I'm asking you, once they've determined whatever they think safe is and responsible is, are you personally, speaking for yourself, are you willing, would you go to a concert? Would you go to things that you normally go to where there's large crowds? Good question. Um, I might, I might. You know, for me personally, I think, you know, it's the market that's going to determine that. You know, uh, as long as people are going to be buying tickets to go to these big events. What about those? Then... And I'm sure there will be like thousands of people for sure. Like, I think that is, Joe, is that what you're asking more? Like, do you feel at risk? Would you feel comfortable going to an event? Is that Correct, yeah. Look, you know, the the idea is, you know, we, we reopen the country, right? You're still going to probably keep the the elderly and people with pre-existing conditions locked down for the time being. You give us all a chance, all of us healthy folk to get out there, uh, get exposed to it. Look, if you see giant spikes in this thing again, well, then send us back home. I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to make the smart move, I guess, is my point. I feel like um, I feel like the death percentage is far lower than the uh, is publicly being reported currently. I sent you guys that video from Anomaly earlier. We showed all the public health officials in various states talking about how they're counting Corona deaths. And they admit publicly that in many cases, uh, if COVID is listed in the conditions that they have, that they list it as a COVID death, regardless of whether it caused the death or not. So I feel like the death toll is um, is inflated artificially um, with with the, the highest rates of mortality clustering around um, the elderly or the, uh, the immunocompromised. Personally, I don't feel at risk at all. I would go into a jar, giant group of people and um, I think I already had it. And, you know, combined with flu, I was fine. So yeah, I, I, I don't feel at risk. I, I have to say that um, in my opinion, I think everything that we knew before is not going to be the same again. I mean, life as we know it, I think it's going to be a big change. I think a lot of people are going to be probably nervous about going to these things like big events, sports events or concerts. I mean, me personally, I wouldn't go, not because I'm afraid of the Corona thing is because even before this started, I don't like crowds, so I wouldn't go. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it wouldn't make a difference to me. I mean, once in a while I've gone to sporting events, but not very often, but, I think a lot of people are going to be scared to even do things like shake hands oh, or, uh, you know, things like that. I, I don't think we're going to be shaking hands with people for a long time to come. I think, like I said, life as we know it is, is probably going to change. I think we're going to see a different country going forward. And the way we do things going forward is going to be different than what we are used to. So that's that's my take as far as I can tell. Oh, and by the way, before we go any further, I just wanted to give a shout out to all the healthcare workers and the people who are first responders that have been going yeah, through all this and say thank you. 
risk. Thank, thank you thank very you. much to everyone out there. Yeah. I just wanted to mention that too. I say, yeah, we got to thank our first responders and our healthcare workers and everybody like that. They're doing a great job. My cousin is an RN. She's fine. That's, oh, that's good. good. My wife's a CNA too, so and she works in the healthcare industry. Yeah, the balls on these people. Even during all the propaganda and the, the overblown hype, potentially mm -hmm. they're still going out and putting themselves at risk. You got to respect mm. it. Right. Well, we certainly do appreciate that. Now, the reason I brought all this up is uh, there's some polling to be done, and, and, and I'll let you know what that looks like. Uh, combined 40% of Americans said if restrictions were lifted on the advice of public health officials, they probably or definitely would not send their child to school. 54% probably or definitely would not ride public transportation. 57% wouldn't fly. 60% would not go to a uh, concert or a stadium. 50% wouldn't attend a funeral. That's 58% of Republicans, 46% of Democrats. Uh, just to give you an idea of who values things a little bit differently. A combined 45% of Republicans said they definitely or probably would attend a religious service. 29% of Democrats say they would. 26% of Democrats do say, though, they would not, not have attended one regardless of corona, um, as opposed to 18% of Republicans. There's also a 15 percentage point difference uh, between Democrats and Republicans. When it comes to eating at a restaurant, Republicans, 55%, say yes, Democrats are at 40%. But here's where I, I, I feel like you start to run into problems. You start to get some of this religious nonsense, the mm -hmm. I'm draped in Jesus's blood crowd. I'm sorry. You can believe in Jesus all you want. More power to you, but that that does not that does not protect you and I. It doesn't and, and so I'm sorry. Uh Jesus blood not acceptable right now as your uh defense mechanism. Put a friggin' mask on. I'm sure even Jesus would have worn a mask. Yeah, even uh even disinfectant to me though. Like the Jesus blood still has the one up on the cure than rather than like injecting disinfectant. Like if we could just cycle back to that for a second. Also, I'll point out to you that in the uh, book of Matthew, uh, Jesus actually told the disciples not to wash their food uh, or wash their hands before they ate. Love so it. he's not exactly the guy who we want. That's, that's <laughs> that, uh, nice. you representing cleanliness. Antibodies, you know, the more you sanitize and protect yourself, the weaker your immune system's gonna be. That's why doctors, are, nurses are so healthy because they're constantly exposed to stuff and they have well, really strong immune That definitely was before mm -hmm. pesticides. Did you just spin? Did you just spin the word of Jesus, Duncan? That was no, that was I, impressive. I, I took his word and made it logical. What Thank he you, Duncan. What he meant to say. <laughs> leave it to you. You finally did it. First one to leave, make it logical. Um, here, my mom actually just sent in a comment. Life as we know it has already changed. It's going to be a long time before it goes back to any sense of normalcy. Right. Too much fear. Yes, uh, and that's look. We don't. We don't. I don't think fear is the right component to use. I don't like the idea of doing that. I appreciate the fact that at the very least, and Duncan, I'd be curious your thoughts, at least what we're finding is some transparency. They're holding news conferences um, quite often, nearly every day in some cases. So at least you're getting the information in real time. You can disagree with the way they're counting COVID deaths. You can disagree with a lot of the things. I and, and again, whether you like Trump or you like Cuomo or Ned Lamont or any of these guys, the fact of the matter is, is they're, they're appearing before the press every day and, and they're taking questions and they're answering. Sometimes they say things we don't like. Sometimes they say things that we do like. It makes us feel better when we hear the things we do like. So... I, I would say on a, a transparency level, again, we don't know what caused this or what, what the intent might have been if somebody or something did cause this. So, again, for me, it's the I just want to be kept in the loop. I want to know what's going on. I don't like the not knowing part. If you got a plan, what's the plan? Let's start implementing it then. And if you tell me it's six more weeks till we get the plan implemented, then great. But give me a time frame. OK, I was at a toilet paper for three days. 
Oh no! Three days. Oh, <laughs> I believe well, it. That public in, knowledge. No. In this land of privilege, <laughs> I was able to secure a box of 100 rolls of toilet paper from a distributor. Okay, right. and I wasn't like it was like 48 dollars. Oh, Solid. That's yeah. a jackpot. That's a yes, land right now. That's yeah. that's, that's a gold mine. That's privilege. That's what it is, and I understand that. Uh, but I, I suffered for three days. That's about as bad as it's been for me during this quarantine. Um, I've actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I, by the way, thank you to StreamYard. I, I, I love that we're able to do this. And, and uh, as much as I love having you guys at my house, in my studio, when we do these shows, uh, I do like this. And it is easier to keep my eye on all of you. It looks pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, there there is, I think there's some good news out there. They're actually looking into a lot of things. Uh, right now, the Food, uh, Food and Drug Administration has issued this emergency authorization. I'm not sure if you're aware of it for the use of a drug. Uh, Redemzivir, it's an experimental antiviral drug. Um, so there's some hope there. What's that? You found in fish tank cleaner by chance? Or no? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I here's the thing. And, and I think, uh, and I, I, I almost hate to say this. I want to talk about Donald Trump, and I want to talk about some of the things uh, that this guy said and been ridiculed for. And Victoria, I'm going to go to you first because you probably agree with most of this stuff. But I feel like at times, I feel like he's getting a bad rap. Um, here's the thing. No, listen, hear me out. Hear me out first. I know you got a lot to say on this. He says stupid things, but we know this about this guy because he's been doing it since the 80s. Right. Okay. He goes out there. These press conferences are as much his chance to speak to his base as he's going to get because he can't really do the rallies right now. Right. You, you have to take these with a bit of a grain of salt that he's clearly he's got to uh, at least partially do something to reach his audience. And he's doing it in the way he would do his rally where he's he's sarcastic at times. He's charismatic. You know, he, he's trying to be entertaining. It, it's a little much. But he, you'll recall, he said at one point, and I've seen it in uh, some of those videos, the, um, you know, those uh, liberal videos where they gotcha. Uh, and in it, Donald Trump says, sometimes these things just disappear. And everybody mm -hmm. laughed. And they were like, he's such an idiot. What is he? Well, SARS in 2012, as they were developing the virus, mm -hmm. it vanished right. off the face of the earth, never to be seen again. If Donald Trump had articulately explained, hey, guys, you remember SARS in 2012 just disappeared. Maybe we'll get lucky again. He's terrible at saying what he's trying to say. Correct. Again, again, and this is why I say, I'll give you another one. He was talking about sticking ultraviolet rays up your butt to clean you out that way. And again, people were like, what is this guy, an idiot? Look, he sits in meetings There's a with people. Prototype goes down through your throat into your lungs and i saw that yeah uh yeah i literally was about to tell you guys uh cedar sinai medical center in los angeles is actually working on a device that would do exactly what the president said mm -hmm. clearly donald trump's getting this information i'm sure they're like it's in a developmental stage don't talk about it and he's like i'm gonna talk about it i mean he's, he's the homer stimson of presidents <laughs> oh you my give him God. information you yeah. give him information Tell him not to tell anybody. He's going to walk right out there. We're like, don't after, say it. After the video came out where um, or a bunch of videos came out with people claiming the UV thing was bunk and that there's no such technology. The company that's working with Cedar sinai to develop this uh, took one of their um, animated videos that they built for um, during the the, pro like the creation process of their, uh, their product. And they released it publicly on YouTube showing how the device works and everything like that. So I don't think that it was um, that they he was requested to keep quiet, but I think that people doubting it triggered them to be like, wait, this is real stuff, you know? I wanted to say also, you know, I talked about injecting uh, <laughs> disinfectant. Disinfectant. No. People took that a little bit too literally. Like if you uh, right. if you take tiny amounts of, um, what's that stuff that you preserve tissue in, um, the embalming fluid? Uh, formaldehyde? Formaldehyde, yeah. Like there's little tiny bits of formaldehyde in vaccines as preservatives. You know, you take little tiny amounts of stuff and it has an effect on microbes and smaller things without having an effect on larger bodies. Like it would take, you know, far, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not, he's not saying go out and inject 
bleach or something like that. He's like, maybe there's a scientific way where we can take the active ingredients in the disinfectants that are killing the virus, well, extract it, isolate right. it, and use it as a medicine. He was asking the doctor off camera if that's possible. He wasn't actually making a statement, but... Yeah, it wasn't a suggestion at all. It was a question. Great point. Listen, it was a stupid question. I don't blame him. Listen, I, but hold on, guys, again, I don't blame him for asking because right now I don't care what the, I don't care what the, if, if they're like, look, we figured it out, Donald Trump's right, I mean, like, stick a sausage up your nose, I would do it. I would do it. I, I, what, you, you tell me what we got to do to fix it. I, I'm in. Count me amongst the in. Yes. Uh, a thousand percent I, I would be in. But I don't listen. I don't blame Donald Trump for throwing things out there. See what kind of sticks. He's letting you know that they're having meetings and they're talking about things. Some of these things are developmental. Some of these things, again, are completely idiotic. Okay. But he's again, I think this is Donald Trump. Yeah, and he's I hate doctor, to defend this know? guy, but I think this is Donald Trump doing the best he can to come across as comforting, which people are criticizing yeah. for not doing. But I think he thinks this demeanor he's using actually is. And it might be for his base. I really don't think he believes it, though. Like, I don't believe that he thinks that everybody is like buying what he's selling. I don't think that he's out there like, yup, they just ate that up. Do you really think he walks off the stage and is like, I nailed it. That was it. Cause I think he knows he's just thinking on the spot. Guess what we should do now? Disinfectant injection. Yeah, That's what it was. And then well, he looks around for everybody's approval too. Like doctor, he was going through line, but line item by line, you know, first the UV, then the uh, something else. Right. And he was asking a doctor off camera. He wasn't, again, making a statement on camera. And, but see, that's the thing. The, the, the mainstream media took that and ran with it and said, well, let's insult people's intelligence because they're going to believe that's what Trump said. And My they went with it like, because it's a, it fits the narrative of, of, of Trump as an idiot. So let's use it. But that's not what he was doing. He well, he is an idiot because why would he go up there like not really know knowing what he was talking about? He was asking about? a doctor, but he was asking the he doctor. He was asking, is this possible? Can we test this? Can we try this? He wasn't saying, why? yeah, we're going to do this. Right. Yeah. My question is, why does everybody think that Trump needs to have the answers for any of this? He's not a doctor. The federal government has no jurisdiction to be involved with medicine at all. That's a, Listen, that's a great point. That's a great point. But. He brings it on himself by going out there and leading the charge That's and speaking point. for the first 30 That's minutes. What he ought to do is go out, say, you know, go out there and be you for five minutes, warm up the crowd, and then let the medical people speak. Exactly. That way he gets his face time. He can make his jokes or whatever and, and let his base know he's there and, and doing a good job. But then do a good job and turn it over to the people that know what they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, that's something that the federal government could do is use their resources as the thing that connects the 50 states to be a platform for the, the best of the best from the 50 states to get their voices out, to use the bully pulpit to, uh, to you know, help people get information. But uh, people would have hated my response if I was president because I would have done nothing and <laughs> the CDC would have been disbanded years, of, years ago and broke, maybe broken up and, you know, let the states control it or whatever. But, you know, there would have been nothing, no response. From, from my federal government whatsoever, and except for providing information. Anybody else feel that way? <laughs> I'm just, I'm not saying you're wrong, Duncan. I'm just saying, you know, I... Position, in my opinion. I understand it. Only response would be shutting down international travel. The president has control over the borders. That's the only thing the president can really do to combat. So then let's talk about uh, here in Connecticut with Governor Ned Lamont. Uh, okay. Fact of the matter is, um, you believe in states' rights. If Governor Lamont wants to keep this thing shut down till July, or I mean, again, there's been a you, you, you brought up the you brought up the legality of it, but when they declare a state of emergency, all bets are off. They can pretty no, much do whatever they want. No provision in the Constitution to allow states of emergency to have any any effect on the, on the law. It, you can pass a law 200 years later, but if it if it if it doesn't. If it's not compatible with the Constitution, it's null and void, Marbury versus Madison. They could pass a law saying anything, but unless there's an amendment to the Constitution to allow that law to be compatible with the supreme law of the land, it doesn't matter. I, I am a huge, uh, huge advocate of states' rights. I believe in the Tenth Amendment 
Anything not listed in Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution is reserved exclusively to the people in the states, respectively. But no person or state has the right to violate the rights of individuals. States' rights don't include the right to violate the, right, the rights of their citizens. So the, 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 all of the, the governor's lockdowns are completely unconstitutional. 100%. There's no legal justification. If I may, um, that's, you may. that's definitely right. never stopped them before. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So never right. stopped them. Whether it is constitutional or not, they have the last say in the upper hand. So I just feel like, honestly, this quarantine and the whole social distancing and businesses being shut down and people having to wear masks, like everything, I feel like it genuinely is in the best interest of everybody and not spreading the virus. Paved with good intentions. You know, the ends don't justify the means. It's a story as old as time itself. Yeah, I, I think in a, in a lose-lose situation, sometimes all you could do is what's best at that moment. And well, right now, trusting, you're trusting. we're reaching for things. People are telling you it's a lose-lose situation and you're just people are just believing that. As far as I'm concerned, the statistics are overblown. The death percentage is way lower than it than it is being reported. I don't believe it's a lose-lose situation at all. Well, I don't think a virus is ever a win situation, you know, or, um, right, yeah, you know, yeah. a widespread pandemic. Right. Sure, sure. So, you know, in my eyes, that's a lose-lose situation, you know, so what is the best case scenario in a bad situation where everyone's losing no matter what? So in our ways, you know, we could put on the masks in public, you know, that's basically all you could ask of the common person, you know, because I don't know everyone either, you know, I don't, I don't know where people have been and I would like for people to respect my space. Uh, one of my pet peeves before even all this COVID has ever happened was standing in line for something and someone breathing down my neck for no apparent reason, sure. you know, give right. a little space back up, please. And, you know, I see nothing wrong with that. I'm actually all for right. that, especially I'm, if it's going to curb common courtesy. a pandemic. Common courtesy is, is you know, it's just the right thing to do. People should do it and they should help. They should wear masks. They should do all this stuff. I agree, but it just can't be forced. You can't force people to do it. Like, there's going to be bad apples. I mean, even now they can't really enforce it. I mean, there's no real law right now. I mean, it's basically just like no shirt, no shoes, no service, you know, no mask, no service right now. Is well, again, look, at the end of the day, uh, if you don't practice social distancing, if you're not wearing masks, if you're not washing your hands, this is only going to get worse. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a bigger problem on our hands. So I, listen, I, no, but it's not illegal to be a dick. <laughs> sure. Well, but, but right now, listen, right now, if you're that one guy, I'm sorry to say, uh, if they were to take you and throw you in jail for, I, I have zero problem with that. Right. Everybody's look, look, I, I know you don't, I Duncan, I know you're not a fan of like the team mentality, the, 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 the individual liberties. I'm with you. Until we get the all clear from medical professionals, and again, at the end of the day, go back later on and figure out what's what and who's who and, and, and where things went wrong and, and who was involved and why. But until we do, I'm, I'm more concerned with getting life back to normal in a safe way where we're not going to lose half the population because that's unnecessary. Sure. I mean, I think people should, of course, listen to medical professionals, but uh, medical professionals don't have the authority to, to override law. Like 100 years ago, medical professionals thought the human body would combust if it went over 40 miles an hour. You know? Well, they also uh, told you that cigarettes were the healthiest thing for you. So, I mean. Rights are unalienable there. You know, you, your rights cannot be taken away unless done via due process on an individual basis when a crime has been committed and that's standard across the board so, so i, I want to see lawsuits man i want to see these states sued massive civil suits with thousands of corporations companies small businesses that have gone out of business people who are unemployed because of the illegal violation of their rights by the states that have, has damaged their livelihood um, you know, Bill Barr has talked about there are already lawsuits. Uh, Robert Barnes, big U.S. constitutional lawyer, famous. He's like the number one presidential there in history. He's, he's really he's, he's uh, putting together lawsuits against a bunch of states. Bill Barr has said the federal government's um, can, can considering involving themselves in lawsuits against the states. It's all so illegal. Like th these states could be sued into non-existence because of this. If anybody who with a basic understanding of the Constitution um, is functioning as a judge in these lawsuits.
I just feel like it's all about priorities. Like right now, to be honest, um, I, at my job, I was getting paid under the table because I worked at a restaurant. So not only am I out of a job, like I'm completely unemployed right now, but I also cannot collect unemployment because I was getting paid under the table. So I'm just like fucked but like it's okay because i'll figure it out because like my priority right now is people's lives and like not necessarily working so like if places have to be shut down i have to be out of my job right now like i understand that things like could be a lot worse and like you heard but like i'll go work at a grocery store for now i just feel like the priority right now should be keeping people alive or as many people as we possibly can I respect your priorities, and but the thing is, every individual has to decide their own priorities. You know what I think it is, is uh, like with the state's forcing this stuff, like I said before, I'm willing to, to go out with a mask on because I'm you know, thinking about my safety and others. But there are people out there that don't do that. So mm -hmm. the government probably takes it into account and says, well, you know, if they won't do it, maybe we'll have to have a, an executive order and make them do it. And that's where they feel that they need to step in and intervene because not everyone's going to be courteous and use common sense. I mean, unfortunately, that's the case. I mean, I believe that not everybody uses common sense. So the government feels they have to step in and make everybody wear the mask. But people do need to make that choice for themselves. If they're going to go out, they need to consider their safety and the safety of others, uh, period. End of story. Um, um, yeah, look, I, 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 Again, I'm all about individual liberties and all that, and I totally understand that. But I'm going to say for right now, uh, you got to follow the new rule of law. And I don't think you have a choice. Whether you like it or not, and, and I know you don't like it and you don't have to like it, but un until the restrictions are lifted, like I said, that's a whole other fight for a whole other day. And I'll be interested to see how the courts handle that. I would say probably when you declare a state of emergency, you're going to find, especially with the courts, that all bets are off. The United States federal government, uh, federal judicial system, isn't going to bankrupt the states. That's really partially something that they're not supposed to do. And, uh, but but it how, a long history of the federal government completely ignoring the Constitution. So, you know, of course. At this point. <laughs> yes, they do that very much. Oh, yeah. um, the, the blame game is a, is a big hot thing happening. We're also, unfortunately, in an election year where, you know, people are certainly going to try to weaponize, uh, you know, we've heard talks of the deep state. Now, suddenly, I understand this is all Bill Gates's idea. Bill Gates is behind it. George Soros is behind it. China's behind it. The CIA's behind it. Or, or it just came from a bat in Wuhan and spread. It doesn't even really matter who's behind it, whether it's natural, whether it was manufactured. I mean, if somebody manufactured it, they should be punished for doing that. But what's what we really have to focus on is, is like Rahm Emanuel said, uh, you never want a serious crisis to go to waste. It's the people that have agendas that are hi hijacking um, the, the momentum of the fear and the hype and using this to uh, to further their own personal agendas, whether it's world government or whether it's strengthening the power of the state over the individual or whether it's uh, anything really, who knows? I mean, those are the, you know, the things that I'm thinking about typically, but, uh, but it, you don't want people to take national or international tragedies and use them to manipulate the public um, for their own benefit or for their own political desires in my opinion, typically. So there's a lot of, obviously, conspiracy theories out there. A lot of, uh, you know, the again, it's just the fact that we're having trouble figuring out how and what they're considering a corona death. There was that issue here in Connecticut, uh, I want to say a month ago, but I've lost track of all the days, so I don't, I have no idea. Uh, it's May, right? So maybe in March or something, uh, a, a baby came uh, to the hospital and died. Uh, the baby apparently died from some sort of household uh, injury, but the baby also tested positive for corona, so they counted as a corona death. Um, and one of those loony uh, conservatives was was acting like, you know, ah, oh, we got them. This is all a, a big lie, a big hoax. Mm -hmm. Look, they're counting all the corona deaths, mm -hmm. uh, if you had it or not. I mean, what brought you to the hospital? I know, listen, I know a guy who uh, was riding his motorcycle. He blacked out, had a terrible car crash, got rushed to the hospital so they could fix him all his broken bones, uh, mm -hmm. and they found out he had stage four cancer. So wow. what? What if he dies, what kind of death is that? Is that a cancer death? Well, it sure is. Why did he pass out? 
It was from the cancer. Okay? Uh, I, get, I think so look, if you a motorcycle and permanently damaged his body, though, he wouldn't have died. Listen, my, my point is, is if you if you test positive for Corona, you're a Corona case. If you die, you're at Corona death, even if you also have the seasonal flu. That doesn't mean that they're not also counting it as you having had the seasonal flu. That's not, mm-hmm. that's just not accurate. I think it's just like the fact, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it obviously, like it has to count. Like, why would they not count it? Like if somebody was like a cigarette smoker and like their lungs were all like black or like if they were like old or like something like that. And then they also got Corona. If there's reason to think that coronavirus contributed to the death, then the only logical thing to do is include it as a coronavirus. Well, they wouldn't that's have not- died that day if they didn't have coronavirus. Yeah, that's, I think that's the point. Talking about how they're listing any Anything, anybody who had COVID as a COVID death, multiple public officials from states all over the country. I sent you guys all a video of Anomaly where he played the videos of the officials. Somebody could die in a helicopter crash, having their head cut off, and it would count as a COVID death under these guidelines. No. You no. Yeah. Watch so. the video. I sent you. Well, that's video. what they said in the video. I, that's I watched it. That's what they said in the video. Yeah, you did you watch it? Another video yeah. where this guy started quoting uh, the Apostle I, Paul. That's I mean, not the video I'm talking about. I understand. That was the, one, that was the state no, no, no. official from the state of Illinois. I understand. I'm telling you the fact look judge individual basis what somebody said about the apostle paul has nothing to do with what a public official said about how they're telling exactly listen if you send me a video and say watch the first five don't expect i'm going to watch the last 20 where the guy starts talking bonkers he starts talking nonsense right but he starts talking about santa claus and the easter video (laughs) no we're talking we're not talking about no i saw the other video as well and i and i and i listen there's a lot of discrepancies in what they're counting and how they're counting it. There's a lot of misinformation that gets out there. I mean, I, you know, misinformation from these officials who are telling you it is. So listen, you, you, you say, don't, don't trust them. But if they say something stupid or, or or they've got a a misquote, then you want to hang them to it. You either can't trust them or you can. If I can, if I can, I think what they information on an individual basis, if something isn't trustworthy and not trustworthy, if something else blatantly is true and is trustworthy it is you know when you go to a when you go to a hospital these days they attribute it to covid because the hospital gets more money based off how many patients they get that's another fact. so exactly. you yes, know that's, that's why that is true the guy who gets into a motorcycle accident but you know what we're gonna mark it down as covid because the hospital gets a grant uh, so, here's the thing though you, you what what you guys are doing is you you could potentially be taking something that that could be a one percent instance where a hospital is doing that. You're suggesting that the entire hospital industry, in collusion, is just marking everything down as a COVID death. All I'm reading from the CDC is that they think all these numbers are underreported because people don't know that they even have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think right. you know, all cases are vastly underreported, but you can't take the word from the CDC and use it to counter to to. Con- I'll take the word of the CDC over somebody's internet video. I'm just gonna do that. Yeah, well, I know. About you're gonna take any word from anybody. We're talking about public CDC. health officials from these states telling you the policies that they've enacted for how their hospitals are counting the COVID deaths you know the, every state has its own policy and i sent you a video where is not the problem though with states rights duncan isn't that where you run into a problem when states are in control of stuff that there's not one cohesive plan that there's oh. not one set of guidelines oh. that everybody can follow isn't that really what the problem with states that's, rights is that's the best part about it because you have 50 separate laboratories of experimentation and the best solutions will be emulated by other states so if one state has a good policy that attracts people to move there helps business helps the economy grow other states will imitate it so you want it that's the whole purpose of of states rights is creating a federative polity that's what it's called the individual laboratories of experimentation where the cream cream of the crop rises to the top and uh, you know people want their states to do well they want their people to be wealthy they want to attract tourism and people to to help grow their economies so they will adopt policies and practices of states that do things well so that's the the best argument in my opinion against centralization of anything and i would i would decentralize everything possible on any scale essentially again you're just going to run into the same thing where um you know, one of the things that we've seen that governors are struggling with is being able to get ventilators where they're not only bidding against 49 other states, they're also bidding against foreign nations 
and its own federal government. One I mean, that, that here, though, is how we've outsourced so much production of products that like one of the main important things that people need to, to take into account when they're thinking about their country or their state is the idea of self-sustainability. You want to reduce d dependence on foreign states or nations as much as possible. Vertical integration works with companies. It works with states. You want to have to rely as little as possible on external forces for anything that you need to survive and survive. You want to get your as as best as possible. Yeah, it's great for things you can't you can't get products from other countries that are good. It's great to do this. You want to have everything you need be able to be produced locally. Um, it's you know that's one of my one of the things that I say about um, the entire pr progression of the globalist system since the '60s. Dr. Richard Day, the Rockefeller Foundation, wrote a, a, a white paper about post-industrial U.S. where they set initiatives to send production overseas to China. And we've seen it happen and we've seen the results. People now, you know, it's not necessarily this exactly, but people having problems getting ventilators or getting anything. The supply chains from other countries being disrupted and affecting people here. You want to avoid that in any, as much as possible, basically, by encouraging local production, um, reducing... Um, <laughs> Duncan, I, I'm only sharing that comment because it's sort of a backhanded compliment, and I, it was the nicest thing he said. I like you, Duncan, but seriously, stop that talking. I thought that was outstanding. Um, and thank you to everybody for the comments. Keep them coming, certainly. Um, you don't have to necessarily just pick on Duncan. Um, <laughs> I'm an easy target. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. You want vertical integration everywhere possible for maximum success. You, you listen. Here's the thing. Uh, you know, California has done a tremendous job handling the coronavirus. A state with 58 million people in it. New York has done an absolutely awful job, uh, and is just now starting to kind of get a handle on things. To, to suggest that you could use the model of California and Georgia is, it, it, I mean, again, you're literally going to get 50 different attempts and 50 very different results. And it's unfortunate. Listen, you just, I guess, have to hope that that ignorant, I mean, imagine if the people of Oklahoma had elected Joe Exotic to be president, not only would he not be in jail, he'd be in charge of their reopening. You know, Urban Supreme says everybody gets a pony. I bet if Joe Exotic was president, <laughs> everyone gets a tiger. Um, yeah, you guys all watch uh, uh, the Tiger King. My goodness gracious, how that thing came out at the right time uh, to be successful in this country. My, my, uh, I will my, say that. my favorite part about the Tiger King is that the quality of it came out just as good as the video I made for class uh, in video with Walt. It was the same quality. So, uh, and that it's was hilarious. my first video, yeah. So, so it made me feel good watching the Tiger King, but then I had to turn it off. Look, I gotta confess, I never heard of the Tiger King until now. What? Never. You need to watch wow. Tiger King. Well, thanks for laughing along like you got the joke. That was uh, know, very that Republican is, of you. It's, it is very Republican. <laughs> One more time. There you go. There it is. It, um, it, uh, it, it just came out right when COVID hit, and yeah. uh, it just went viral, so everyone's talking about it. I, I had to watch, watch it. it then. It's not my cup of tea, but... I got, I got to check it out. Why? <laughs> Mike, it's great. I think it's certainly worth the watch. Uh, if you want to feel good about yourself and your lot in life, watch Tiger King. It's rooms with rednecks, tigers. Love it. It's real life Joe Dirt. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's maybe the best way to describe it, but, but with tigers. But with um, three-way gay marriage, it's the most, it's iconic. It's just, it's got it, it is. <laughs> you, just, you just convinced Michael to not watch it. Nice job. No. <laughs> um, make sure you visit clovercrestmedia.com backslash divided we stand. We do have a uh, Facebook page. We'd love to see you there as well. Uh, now that things are sort of getting back to normal, we'll be uh, getting back together weekly to discuss our topics. Uh, Sam, thank you for joining us. You know, no, it's funny uh i you know uh we like sam a lot he's a a, a good friend of ours uh, and he's looking to get into podcasting and, and he and i had a really great conversation the other day and i thought he fits somewhere between me and duncan 
it might be interesting to see like a buffer zone there, what that might look like. So, Sam, I appreciate that. Oh, I appreciate uh, that, Joe. Thank you so much for having me on. I yeah. Really this is my first time doing like, a podcast, uh, so I really do appreciate context, it. Michael, since you might think you're also somewhere between me and Joe, you, Joe, and I are like a triangle. And, uh, <laughs> and Sam would be in between the Joe and I. Yeah. Just keeping the post. Yeah, exactly. Together. Exactly. I like that. And then all the way over there is our friend Victoria. <laughs> and then there's that. Yeah. Oh, wait, this yeah. one. I'm in there the parking go. lot. I actually do the show from my car. They all go inside and I stay out there. By the way, we've been on now for nearly an hour, and uh, the only person who's cursed is Victoria twice. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't no, realize it. no, believe me. Listen, uh, your your fans your fans appreciate you very much. Uh, here's a here's a comment from Jeff. Uh, um, Jeff, I, Jeff, I don't want to I don't want to misquote Jeff. I think he was talking about you. I disagree. I disagree. I could I'm be wrong. On Mike this whole time, I don't care. <laughs> At first, I thought maybe he was talking about me, and then I, I reconsidered, and I thought that, that might be about you. Um, anyway, I appreciate everybody who uh, who tuned in. You know, look, I think it's important a that everybody be safe. Uh, I continue to take these precautions. I like the idea that we are certainly coming to the end of the quarantine process. Uh, and and getting kind of back out there and seeing what's going to happen, but then uh, look, I think in future episodes uh, and and as we get closer to this election, we are going to have to have the conversation uh, of who's responsible and how this whole thing was handled because we'll have a better assessment of things. It was I see, yeah, right. I I want to promise all of you guys right now, and I because I said this before this whole thing started, I'm going to say it again. I told Duncan this earlier today. I will not hold the economy against Donald Trump when it comes to the election. And I, I, I want to say thank you to the Democrats for running Joe Biden so that they could at least make me actually consider the two. Um, because it could have been really anybody else. And it would have been, oh, there you go. Uh, they've certainly put enough doubt in my mind to at least consider. I want to see, I want to see the kind of job Donald Trump can do. Because I look, I've, I I understand that the buffoonery is just part of the package. I think reporters should go into those press conferences and be like, "Listen, Mr. President, amazing job so far. You are killing it." <laughs> but do you? That do would you be think, something to see, Mr. President. Do you think you could kill it a little more and send ventilators to New York? It'd be like a dog catching a car. Well, yeah. Just like killing it like a teeny bit more. <laughs> Donald Trump likes to be complimented. Tell him he's killing it and then ask your freaking question. Okay. And pose your question in a way that could be somewhat positive. And then he's gonna I'm give you it. he's gonna give you an answer. Um but I'm not going to hold the economy against him. I, you know, I'll look at these debates. Uh, all things considered, I'm going to give the guy a chance. I mean, if if the reopening is a disaster uh, and we end up with millions and millions dead, well, then he sealed his fate. This, to me, is a look. It's a chance, Duncan, for the Republicans and Donald Trump to be leaders, to show the American people that they seriously deserve four more years. You can do it the right way here, or you can blow it. Okay. Again, the individual liberties of signing stuff, this is an important thing for Donald Trump with people like me who are really just so undecided at this point right. where to That's go. Very true, very true. He could impress me here. The Republicans could win me back, but they're going to have to do a good job from here on out. And there's a lot of time between then and now to, to blow it. My other advice for Joe Biden would be, Keep your mouth closed. <laughs> so keep your mouth closed and your hands to the yourself. Less, the less he says, the closer he gets to victory. You're not wrong. Stop <laughs> sniffing people's hair. Yeah. You know, you know, they, you know, they always talk about the October surprise, the Access Hollywood tape, you know, the October surprise. The October surprise probably is going to be Joe Biden just like talking to an old lady. Uh, and it'll go disastrously wrong, and he'll Why lose not? a landslide. And Hillary uh, will replace him as the nominee. There you go. Oh. She'll be his running mate, and she'll replace him. The Tara Reid thing is going to re result in uh, you know the the Democrats being forced to abide by the Me Too policies of believing women that they've been saying for the past couple of years. So they're going to have to disown Joe Biden. And since Hillary Clinton just endorsed him, now she's going to swoop in as the replacement.
There you go. Oh, just what the world needs. Hillary Clinton after <laughs> she'll lose again too anyway. <laughs> well, listen, I, I'm just saying 56 million people voted for her last time. Uh if two million of those people uh decide that they're you know two it, it, she wouldn't need much more to win, I guess is my point. I think you should be careful what you wish for. I think if you guys are smart, you'd be encouraging Sleepy Joe uh, and inviting him on all your shows. Hey, come come talk to us, Joe, and tell us uh, your thoughts because that guy will that guy will dig a hole uh, like nobody's business. He's like a grave digger, that guy. It'll be interesting to see. We'll definitely get into the Tara Reid stuff in our next episode. Uh, we are going to talk about that. And Victoria, make sure you're prepared to speak uh, on on how you could continue to endorse Joe Biden. Uh, but then I'll also turn it on the I'll also turn it on the hypocrites about their own president. But that'll be uh, coming up in the next episode of Divided We Stand. I want to thank everybody for uh, commenting and for watching today. Uh, you know, just tell me to shut up. But sometimes I just get on a roll and I can't stop talking. <laughs> Duncan says that all the time. I appreciate uh, Michael for and Michael. By the way, happy birthday, uh, poor Mike. Oh, uh, had a great party. Happy birthday, Mike. Yeah, uh, birthday. right on. He was in quarantine with his beautiful, loving family, and a lot of his oh, friends sent videos and stuff. So, Mike, consider this one mine to you. I brought all my friends with me as well. So there you go. This is um, my, my birthday gift to you as well. Facebook.com backslash DW. S News Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe. Feel free to share this with your family and friends. Until next time, I'm Joe McGuire for Duncan McPherson, Michael Gadiosi, Victoria Lang, and Sam. We'll and catch we you next time. America great again. Hey!